Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Thessalonians is where we're going to be at this morning. And chapter number four, we're going to look at verse number 13. The Bible says this, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. They are comforting words, aren't they? For those that are in Christ. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And this morning, I want to preach on the subject, Jesus's return. Jesus's return. Let's go to him in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We're thankful for Jesus Christ. We're thankful that in Christ, we have hope. We have the hope of eternal life. We have the hope of seeing our loved ones who've gone on before us that are in Christ. And we have the hope to see one day Jesus face to face and to be with him for all of eternity. God, I pray that as we look at your word today, you would encourage us. But Father, that you would also challenge us to be busy while we wait for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I need you this morning. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. God, I pray that you'd be with my voice and Lord, just keep it strong for this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to say because there are people that have come to your house today to hear from your word. Lord, to, for you to speak to them. And so God, we ask for your presence to be among us. Lord, I pray that you would just work in a mighty way and that you would be honored and glorified in all that is said and done. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Thessalonians were fully expecting Jesus's return at any moment. But then they experienced some deaths among some of their believing loved ones and maybe friends. And they had some confusion over what to expect when Jesus would return. They began to wonder if those who died were going to miss out on this amazing future event, the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. And because of these deaths and some incorrect views on who would experience Jesus's return, the expectation of Jesus's return was not bringing the hope that it should have if they had the right view of it. And so that's why Paul says, hey, don't I don't want you to be ignorant. We we aren't to grieve like those who have no hope. In this passage, we see that he is coming at any moment and he tells us what we can expect, some things that we can expect when he does come. 
when Paul talks about those who are asleep in verse number 13, he is speaking of those who have died. And Paul uh, did not want the Thessalonians grieving like the rest of the pagan society in which they lived. The Thessalonians, if you study any background, they lived in a culture that had no hope for anything beyond death. It was death and that's it. That was the culture they, they lived in. Also, Paul says in verse number 13 that even for believers, it is still proper to grieve when we lose someone, when someone passes on. We grieve because we miss that person that we love, right? We grieve because we'll no longer see that person here on this earth. We grieve because uh, we'll miss the joy that the Lord blessed us with while they were here with us on this earth. But as believers, when a believer dies, we know that we are, they are in the Lord. Amen. We don't need to be uncertain as to where they are if they were a believer in Jesus Christ. Do we grieve? Yes, we grieve, but we don't have to grieve as those who have no hope. Why is that? Look at verse number 14. The Bible says this, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also <clears throat> which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Because Jesus Christ died and rose again, and he said that those who believe in him will have eternal life, we can have hope, amen? Jesus told Martha in the book of John when he was coming over to consult her uh, over the death of Lazarus, he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he said, and in those who believe in me, I give them eternal life. Jesus proved that he was God, amen? Jesus proved uh, that he was God, that he was and is the giver of life. He proved that he had and has the authority to offer salvation and can deliver that salvation. He has proved that all of those things when he resurrected from the dead, never to die again. We do not have to grieve like those who have no hope because of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and he promised that he would make those who believe in him to have eternal life. My wife, uh, she just lost her grandmother um, last week. And, and it's a sad time. We'll miss her here on this earth. But the whole family, we have hope that we'll see her again one day. We grieve the loss, but we don't grieve without hope. Because we know that she was in Christ. That she trusted in Jesus and his finished and complete work here on this earth. So as we look at this passage, it not only tells us of the hope that we have in Christ as believers but it also tells us what to expect on the day that he returns. And number one, I want us to see what it means for those who have died. What it means for those who have died. Look at verse number 13 again. The Bible says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, when Paul uses the word asleep, are those that he's speaking of uh, are, are that, that have died. Are, are they really asleep? No. Are they unconscious? Um, well, I guess you could say, say yes. But when Paul uses asleep, he means the word, he means that they have died, that the individuals has, 
passed on from this life. But in their death, they are not asleep in the sense that they don't know what is happening. You see, whenever a believer dies, their spirit immediately is with the Lord. What did Paul say? Paul said that we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's an immediate present with the Lord. You see, once a person dies, they leave their old body here and their spirit is immediately with the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches. It is their body that sleeps, so to speak, meaning that it has no life in it. They themselves are with the Lord, but without their body. They are, as Paul said, absent from the body, but present with the Lord. Pastor Tyler, we, we are without a body when we die? I thought we were supposed to have a glorified body in heaven, a body like Jesus, not after uh, that he had after he died and rose again. Well, let's look at it. Verse number 15. He says this, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord <clears throat> shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So when Jesus comes back, Paul says the dead in Christ will rise first. Their bodies will rise first. So what Paul means here is that the dead in Christ will rise first if those who have died in Christ are already with the Lord. How how does that make sense? He means that for those who have died in Christ, Jesus' return brings a bodily resurrection and glorification. A bodily resurrection and glorification. This is when those who have died before Christ's return receive their glorified body. It is their body that is raised, that will be resurrected and glorified and given back to those who have died in Christ. The return of Jesus Christ for the church will not just be a special event for those who are alive in Christ. It will be a special event for those who have died in Christ. They will be fitted with their glorified bodies. What a wonderful thing. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, I don't want my old body, (laughs) right? I don't don't want this. I don't want anything to do with this this old body. But Paul tells us a, a little bit about what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 42. He says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is, sown, uh, it is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. Can you get an amen? Weakness. You feel weak sometimes. It's sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Body. Listen, on this day, understand our resurrected bodies will no longer carry the stain of sin. Amen. They'll never, they'll no longer carry the pain of disease or the frailty of old age. They will be completely restored and glorified to bear the image of God that He clearly wanted and intended and as He originally designed. I assure you that you will not be disappointed 
in your glorified body. So when Jesus comes back, those who have died in Christ have their bodies resurrected and glorified. And they're reunited with them. But number two, what what does Jesus's return mean for those who are alive? For those who are alive, look at verse number 17. Paul says, then we, which are alive. You catch that there? Paul says, when we, which are alive. What does that show you? That shows you that Paul was expecting the return of Christ, wasn't he? Paul says, when we, which are alive. He was looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. I believe one of the reasons why Paul was able to do so much for the cause of Christ is that he thought that his return was imminent. He thought that he would come at any moment of any day. And so he kept busy spreading and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not part of my message. Verse number 17. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That word there is that's translated caught up. It's a, a Greek word, harpazo. And this word means to carry off forcefully and speedily. To claim for oneself. I like that one. To claim for oneself. To rescue from danger or destruction. That's what he means when he says we'll be caught up. He's going to claim us for himself. Amen. We're going to meet with him in the clouds. It is from the Latin translation of this word that we get a word that you're very familiar with. And that is rapture. The rapture. We use the word rapture today to describe what happens to those who are alive in Christ. Now, Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians doesn't really describe what happens to those who are alive other than being caught up or raptured out. And I believe That is because he's already taught the Thessalonians of what happens to those who are alive. But his point of this whole passage is for the Thessalonians not to be grieving when those who are in Christ have gone on before them, not to grieve without hope. And so he, what he does is he simply gives us an order of the events. He reminds the Thessalonians that they will be caught up with the Lord at his return. But I want to share with you what to expect for those who are alive in Christ. For those who are alive in Christ, Jesus' return brings a bodily rapture and glorification. What does that mean? Well, for those who are alive, when Jesus returns, you're not just going to be gathered to him in spirit, leaving your body behind. No, when you, if he returns and you're alive, you are going to be caught up. You're going to be raptured in your body and you are going to be instantly transformed into your glorified body. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, listen to what he says. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality. 
So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Amen? Listen, we who are still alive when Jesus returns are in for an amazing transformation. An instant transformation, the likes of which no extreme makeover show has ever seen. Amen? Immediately transformed. We are going to be clothed with immortality. There will be no sickness in our bodies. There will be no more disease. There will be no more hunger, no more cancer. Our bodies will not wear out, but be eternal, immortal, glorified bodies. I can't wait. For those of us who suffer from physical issues, we have much to look forward to in that way. If you ate getting out of bed this morning, you will feel refreshed. If your bones hurt when it rains, no more will you suffer. If your eyesight is poor, you will see like you've never seen before. If your hearing is challenged, you will have ears to hear. If your memory is becoming foggy, you will know fully. Oh, how a wonderful day it will be when Jesus returns and we receive our glorified bodies. Amen? It's going to be special. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. But that's not all. No matter if you've died in Christ or are alive in Christ, but for everyone in Christ, Jesus' return brings us into reunion with other believers. He says in verse number 17 that we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. Those that have gone on before us will be able to see them if they were truly in Christ. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. There will be a great reunion with those that we have lost who were in Christ. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. It's the best part. It's the best part that we see here in verse number 17. He says, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen, I don't think we can fully fathom what it's going to be like to see Jesus face to face. I don't think we can truly fathom when we get to heaven and we see those nail-scarred hands and that pierced side and we see the love on Jesus' face. We can't truly fathom that here. But we're going to be with him forever. You see, the place where Christians will be was not so important to Paul as the person with whom they'll be with. You see, for Paul, the entire content and worth of heaven, the entire blessedness of eternal life is being united with Jesus, his Lord and Savior. Paul doesn't sit here and say, we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and, 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 and spend all of eternity with our lost loved ones. Yes, we will, and that's going to be special, but that's not what Paul says. 
Paul doesn't say, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then we're going to spend all of eternity enjoying the sights of heaven, the gates of pearl, the streets of gold. Yes, those are going to be wonderful things. But Paul doesn't say that. Paul doesn't say we're going to meet the Lord in the air and then we're going to enjoy the mansions that we have that he's been preparing for us. And yes, we'll enjoy those things, but that's not what Paul says. Paul says we will meet with the Lord in the air and forever we will be with him. That's what makes heaven so special is that we'll be with Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for you. Paul ends this section with verse number 18. He says, therefore, because of these things, church, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words. You see, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you should be comforted with these words. If you are truly in Christ this morning, you should be hopeful by reading these words. If you're truly in Christ this morning, you should be looking for and waiting for Jesus's return because it is going to be incredible. But I want to ask the last thing, what does this mean for those who are not in Christ? What does this mean for those who are not in Christ? It means fearfulness. It means worry. It means tribulation. It means eternal separation from God. Those who are not in Christ will miss this wonderful event when Jesus comes to return. And let me just say this this morning. If we're not busy about giving people the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will miss the return of Jesus Christ. If we don't tell our neighbors what happens to them? If we don't tell our coworkers what happens to them? If we don't tell our family members that are not in Christ currently what happens to them? Church, would we get a fervency about giving people the gospel, knowing that one day when Christ returns, yes, it's wonderful for us, and yes, we're going to experience wonderful things, but for those who are left behind, it's going to be awful. Will you tell those who are not in Christ about Jesus? Will you share with them the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ? Listen, church, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him and be looking for his return because it will help you to live for him more. Keep your eyes on him looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Also for the believer in Jesus Christ, use the time that we have to share with those who don't know Jesus. Use the time that we have to share with those who don't know Jesus. Listen, for the person here who has not made up their mind about receiving Jesus Christ as Savior, Make that your number one priority to think through. To know. Because the time is short 
And we want you to know Jesus Christ. And we want you to experience the Lord's return and share in his glory. It's going to be a wonderful day. Amen, church? We'll be caught up together with those in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and will forever be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, will you tell those who don't know so they're not left behind? Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.